Yo, 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 welcome back to another episode of Wings, Beers, and Tears. We are coming to you live from Montgomery County, Maryland. It is a Tuesday night, the weather is getting cooler, and that means we are now in the throes of real football action and real sports in the DMV, not just the dress rehearsals and all the bullshit that we had to muddle through this summer. We had a real college football game last week, we are living large, boys and girls, and uh, we're going to get right to it because we have lots of good content tonight. Um, so let's uh, let's meet the fellas here. Jeremy, how are you? Well, just to follow up on that, you know, falls here. Maybe, you know, some snow in the past week or two we've heard something about. So, you know, we'll discuss that a little bit later. Uh, Jeremy's been on his weather app again. <laughs> it's dangerous. Jerry, how are you? I'm, I'm completely lost. I'm always <laughs> talking about but Jeremy's not, well-rounded, well, unlike you and I well, that just sit on uh, on sports I, I Twitter he, all day. I think he's talking about the Kuznetsov snow. <laughs> that, that, oh, is that what he's yeah. talking about? Really? Really? Oh, my. God, I'm so, on the PGA. <laughs> so we are going to get right into our NFL talk. And if you were with us last week, we had our college football preview, and we had our very first special guest. Mitch was so kind to join us and talk Terps and college football. He pays for the podcast. <laughs> yes, he does. God bless you, Mitch. Thank you, um, Mitch. And... Because we love you all out there, we have a second guest straight from Montgomery County. She is our resident Ravens expert. Give it up for Holly. Hey, guys. Woo! Woo! She's smoking. She she is definitely going to give us uh, some, some of the lowdown on the Ravens because uh, my knowledge of the Ravens exists of what I see in little 30-second clips that I can find online and, uh, you know, looking at the too, too deep uh, depth chart. They so purple, I know that much. Well, yeah, uh, they do have pretty sick uniforms. We've yeah. talked about how great their stadium is. But aside from that... Joe Flacco! <laughs> uh, I don't think he's there yeah. anymore there, uh, oh. Mr. Jerry. Shit. So, Holly, what do you got for us, girl? Well, first of all, I lit the pumpkin candle, so it would feel like a little bit more like fall for you. Uh, I'm digging it. It smells awesome in yep. here. Perfect. Yep. Um, so what do we want to talk about? Oh, you know, just a little uh, a little of the... Uh, Steelers. You know... Definitely not. <laughs> well, we ha- the Steelers convo has to come up because, you know, they're in the AFC East, and we <laughs> the Ravens will battle as they always do. So get right down to us. Give us some tidbits, Holly. So... Uh, the offense this year, as you guys know, needs to be a little bit more productive and score some points. And Lamar Jackson's going to continue to be an effective runner. And that equates to a good time of possession numbers. Um, still expect a lot of read option looks and tight end targets like Mark Andrews. I don't know about his tight end, but I'll check it out. Yeah, you <laughs> and, we need an update on that one. And uh, <laughs> Hayden Hurst. Um, however, Jackson needs to be a little bit better passer than last year. He needs to throw at least 20 touchdowns this year. Wow. He needs to be less predictable. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Ravens think that they've built the best team around him for his comfort zone. So let me ask you this question, and this is just a general question to the group. Is their offense still just going to be boring AF, or are they actually going to show us some looks and put up some points on the board? I'm going to say not boring. In you know, time of possession, you're speaking my language when you say that. That's, that's the key for every team, and that's what they're looking for. I agree. 
I didn't think they were boring last year. I love running quarterbacks. You know, you keep, you keep the offense on the field. Uh, you limit the possessions, and you're going to be in every game. So I, if he doesn't get hurt, I have no problem if he throws one or two touchdowns a game and gets 80 yards rushing. Right. They're going to win most times when they, when they do that. Right, right. Well, I think they're always exciting. And uh, <laughs> I'm a recovering Redskins fan, so. Uh, how, do, how, how does that happen? Glad you made it out. Well, <laughs> I've been clean for like, you know, almost 20 years. I, I can't get off the uh, juice. I can't, kick it. <laughs> I can't kick it. It's a fucking curse. It's awful. Uh, no, but uh, it's funny you say, you know, time of possession and some of those Ravens staples that we've talked about. Yet again, they're built correctly. They're going to be solid. They have to be in that division. I and, and like I said last week, I'm very interested to see how this offense rolls out and how they compete because Cleveland's going to put up points. I mean, Mayfield, whether you like him or not, he's a gunslinger. They're going to put up points. The Steelers put up a shit ton of points they're last gonna, year. They're going to put up and points. And they're going to do the same thing. So those 13 to 10 grinded out battles, they, they might be a thing of the past in this division. And I think the Ravens had some forethought with that, and they developed this offense around Jackson, like Holly said. I mean, they, they built the, the pieces around him pretty nicely. Well, perhaps Holly can elaborate, but they did sign Mark Ingram, and I think he's going to have earmuffs. For the fantasy draft, he's going to have a huge year. <laughs> I'm going to get him right before you. I'm really scared. I'm praying that I'm the pick really, right really before scared. you, and as soon as I need a receiver, I'm going to give you the middle he, of, middle a, finger emoji. A, and, and He's pick a running back. back. Mark Ingram is a running back. Yes, he is. So, I, I'm going to talk about the running backs. Oh, okay. Do you want me to take over? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, go, go, go. Okay, go. so I think this could be one of the more talented running back groups heading into this season, and I think that uh, they're about – Four of them that are a lock to make the team. Mark Ingram being one, if he's healthy. Um, generally, running backs with read options, quarterbacks put up numbers. Uh, it's going to be a crowded backfield with Gus the Bus Edwards, with who they had the second best rushing in the NFL last year with him and Lamar. And Kenneth Dixon helped the team last year. And uh, don't discount Justice Hill, the Ravens' love. He's been impressive but we'll see if he's good enough. I think Justice is a great addition. It's something they didn't have in, uh, with the other young you know, offense, you know, wide receivers they brought in. It's good stuff. I think uh, it's Mark Ingram and Justice Hill as a as the third down back. The rest of the guys are bowls of shit. They're just, they're, I thought Dixon was pretty good. At least we're back to the bowls of shit quickly. This week. <laughs> yeah, I know. Good, we jumped right into the bowls of shit instead of dancing around for an hour. No, I think that uh, I think Mark Ingram. They brought him in because they know their running backs are horrible last year. I mean, you know, if you run the read option, the running back's going to Alfred Morris with RG three. Right. right. He's right. an average uh, running back. No, that's a really right? good point. But yeah. when, First when you, for everything, boys and girls. <laughs> yeah. When you have the RPO running quarterback and the defensive ends are, are scared to death of Lamar, it's going to be there's going to be gaping holes. The fact that they didn't have better numbers last year shows you how bad their running backs were. Hmm. Mark Ingram's a good running back. Right. And he's proven that in, in uh New Orleans. So I think he's gonna have a massive year and that's gonna help Lamar. And but because their offensive line, kind of, and that was my next thing. Yeah, their line's not fantastic, and I think that was part of their running back issue last year. You know, (laughs) bowl of shit offensive (laughs) line, according to Jerry. (laughs) They're not. No, they have. If we want to get there, they have two okay offensive tackles. 
and Zeus Brown's little or boy, little boy, oh, yeah, right? yeah. Orlando. That's right. He's like six nine, right? Little, right. little boy, <laughs> right? But he's he's got potential. He's not like an all American, right? Sure. But uh, Staley from Notre Dame's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So they have decent tackles. Where they struggle is the interior. Got it. They they can't move people. Mm. Marsha Yanda gets hurt a lot. He's good when he plays. But does he, that scheme work with that line better? You know, with that with with, well, it's with just a zone blocking. You sure. Know, it's the it's the zone blocking thing, and he's sort of a grinder. But he he's got major injury issues, so he you can't count on him playing, you know, five straight games. And then the rest of the interior line is below average. I mean, hmm. the Redskins guard situation is probably better than their situation. Oh, we, we have Wes Martin, of course, it's better. Well, so, <laughs> so that's that's really. They have some guy James Hurst who they're trying to pigeonhole into a guard, and he's not—he's like the Eric Flowers type thing. Okay, he's not, he's not okay. really working. Got it. Um, and their center's not great, so I think um, the RPO really helps, you know, uh, hide the deficiencies on on the offensive line. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Well, there's another kid named uh, Jermaine Illuminar on the offensive line that. People are talking about, and he's one to watch. Maybe he'll get a job in high building supply. <laughs> <laughs> he can lift heavy stuff. So is he one of those like depth guys that's probably going to make the roster? Right, and, exactly. And he'll exactly. come in, you know, injuries and you know. Right. Okay. Right. But they can run the ball. They can, and th- that should open up. Maybe Holly can tell us about some of the wide receivers because that's cool. where they were struggling last year. Want to hear about those rookies a little more? <laughs> okay, so. Like the running back group, the Ravens wide receiver group could become fairly talented, particularly if uh, Hollywood Brown and Miles Boykin develop into reliable receiving targets. So Jackson's got a little bit more help this year, and Hollywood Brown should be a nice threat. And Miles Boykin could surprise, although he's had some problems with some drops. He had uh, five receptions for 83 yards in the preseason. Okay. Now Brown's the the he's the he stretches the field right yes he's yeah. the cat from Oklahoma yep yep so so if you were going to take a fantasy receiver late in the later rounds he might be one of them right well the problem and and Jeremy you're the guru on fantasy yeah he fucking it, kills everybody yeah. with, with with Jackson is he can throw it deep but he's not accurate I mean he throws it to the tight ends okay because those are easy throws and he can throw you know ten yards and in or whatever. But what he can't do is the comebacks and the out routes and all that stuff. So where he be where he is limited and where he needs to improve and hopefully he's improved for the Ravens' sake um, are those intermediate routes hmm. because you know what we what have, what we've learned is defensive coordinators are great in taking away what you know what you can do and make you beat them with what you can't do right. Okay. So if I assume they got. Uh, Brown for the intermediate stuff. Boykin's a big body. But he, he is, but he can't catch. I mean, it's he's kind got, of important he's got, for a receiver, but you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but you know, he'll have a drop a game. Sure, right. And uh, what about uh, Willie Sneed? He's, he's an old veteran. He's old. He's, old. Yeah. he's, he's a just possession old. guy. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a major upgrade from last year. It, it is. He's a good player. Well, he's I mean, good between player. the running back core that she just said and the wide receivers, I actually recognize those names and I can picture them on the field doing something. Last year it was like, who the fuck are these guys? You know? Yeah. And, and and their offense showed in, in, in the lack of production when it was all said and done. I think they have the potential on offense to be dynamic. They, they, they really do. The key word there is potential. And like, like we talk about with almost every NFL team, because the roster's so small, it's all about health. You know? 
And, uh, of course. You know, and, and, and you can't bank on someone getting hurt, but you have to understand it's going to happen at a key position at some point in the season. Um, and my guess is their depth is as good as anybody in the league just because they're, they're, they're really good at getting guys to buy into their scheme and fit what they do. Well, Brown's been injured already. Yeah. He yeah, missed yeah. a lot of the preseason, right. so he's pretty fragile. Do you hang out with some of the Redskins or something? No, I mean, he's <laughs> small. You know, he's small in stature. He, he, he takes a good shot. Sure, he's good, sure. You know, he's just – Again, that, I, you know, I, I've beaten this horse, but that, that's my fear with Jackson. It's not that he's not going to try and protect himself. It's not that the schemes aren't going to try and, you know, protect him. If he gets into space and it's the wrong place, wrong time, I mean, it's man. All, it's always a fear. It is. But, that, you know what, that's a fear for every quarterback in the league. So, Yeah, he's, uh, that scares me. That does scare me. What about the defense? Well, don't forget about Justin Tucker. I was just going to say, their, their special teams for now two decades has like set the bar in the league pretty much, it seems like. I mean, They're, Justin Tucker, 55 and in, almost automatic. Guy's unbelievable. Unless that, you're at a Saints game with your brother-in-law from New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> and he's chanting, our number nine's better than your number nine, yeah. and he's singing <laughs> engine, engine, number nine, and that was a really bad, long ride home. That was, a bad, that was a bad day. And I hear that bitch can sing, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, Tucker is just absolutely automatic. And it's how they win those games when they aren't producing, and they and they you know they win fifteen to to twelve, and it's awful. But he's the difference, you know. He has a couple fifty yarders, and next thing you know, yeah, that's six points on the board. Well, it um, can change. You know, you you rarely come up empty, right? You know, if you don't come up empty, you've that's a something. good point. Like you get past midfield, and you're thinking to yourself, man, I'm a first down away from him being able to just boot one right now. And that's a big difference. It's a big deal. Yeah, Tucker, we trust absolutely. Yeah, he's the man. And he can sing. Guys like... In like nine different languages. Yeah, he's like an opera singer. And he can kick a loaf of challah bread <laughs> through the field. I saw him. He's kicking all different kinds of things. Have you ever seen it's that? It's amazing. It's amazing. And he's got a pretty <laughs> sweet a, contract for a kicker, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah. yeah, boy's getting paid as a kicker, too. Good, good on him. Yep. Yeah, but let's go to the, the, mm. the Ravens staple for forever and ever, that defense. Are yeah. they going to be much improved? Do they have depth? What are we looking at? Well, you know, they led the NFL last season in total defense and finished behind only the Bears in scoring defense. They lost C.J. Mosley and uh, Zadarius Smith, Terrell Suggs, and Eric Weddle. But they did sign uh, the savvy Earl Thomas to replace Weddle, and that's, that's an upgrade. It is. It's nice. Yeah, Thomas is a stud. You know, again, they, they just they like you said, Jerry. They just they get a hole and they and they plug it and then some. And I, I don't know how they do it. Well, you know what, what always impresses me about the Ravens is that you're they have a hole, they have a need, they address it. They they, they pick a player that fits their system. Like she's, I bet Holly's going to mention a bunch of names where you're like, huh? They have a need there, and they found some guy in the fifth round who does exactly what they need and doesn't do anything more. Yep. You know. Yep. And they're not taking Troy fucking Apke with the fourth round pick. <laughs> the guys are. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not good. I mean, I, don't you have a term to describe him? He's a bowl of shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a consistent theme. We're gonna have little tally marks on the wall. I swear the Redskins. The the I swear the Redskins in third and fourth round, they just let their cousins come in and pick. <laughs> it's like they they have a. Like, who wants to pick? Come on. Like Kirk Cousins. 
<laughs> it's like they celebrate the first round. They all get hammered, and they're like, yeah. hey, kid, you, you go ahead and make yeah, your next two yeah, Here you go. He's a big donor. <laughs> all right. What we got about the defensive line, Holly? They appear pretty solid. You got Brandon Williams and Michael Pierce, and they're solid interior linemen, assuming they stay healthy and in shape. And uh, Round is a shape. <laughs> a very <That's>... nice one. <laughs> we have a resident expert. <laughs> we have two. We have three. What are you talking about? Um, when you're talking about the, the depth chart for defensive line, so there's other names most people expect to stay in town. It's Chris Wormley, Daylon Mack, Patrick Ricard, and Gerald Willis the third. You never know. One thing about Patrick Ricard, I've watched him in the uh, he he will play defensive tackle and fullback on offense. Hmm. It's amazing. No he, shit. He plays short yard as fullback. And he's good. Like he can actually move in space and hit people and how big is he? Three hundred pounds. Wow, so he's like part of that scheme. Yeah, he's like six wow. three. So he'll play defensive line. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah, know that either. Watch, watch him when they play the Redskins on Thursday. He'll he'll play defensive line. He's a rotational guy. Um, and then on offense and short yards, he's their he's their fullback. It's amazing. That's wild. I didn't know they yeah. still had had those guys. He's in from the like NFL. Maine or Delaware or one of those schools, right? You know, like Maine, those, Delaware, and you know, those, Stone's throw the, from one another. One of those white schools. One of those schools that have only white players. <laughs> and secondary-wise, um, I know Thomas replaced Weddle. Um, are their corners solid yet again? Because they always seem to have good corners. Marlon Humphrey, mm-hmm. and Brandon Carr, and Jimmy Smith. Yeah, Marlon Humphrey's the next, next superstar. Yeah. All right, so yet again, I think the Ravens are just rock-solid across the board. I don't think they actually scare anyone, but no one wants to play them at the same time, you know? And... Kind of sounds like the same thing, but no, nah, no. Nah. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, you know, the, he's he's still reeling from my white school comment. <laughs> I am. I'm over here. <laughs> I'm over here cowering. Um, no, but seriously, they're one of those teams that you know you, you fear New Orleans in the Superdome on the road. You know, they're going to put up you know four four or five hundred yards and whatever else. Look at the Ravens, and you're an opposing team. You go, all right. You know, I think we can contain them here. I think we can do this here. But then you're like. Well, shit, they're not going to make mistakes. And their you know? defense. Their, their defense is solid, and you know you're going to be in for a dogfight. So, you know, they don't have that imposing Patriots, you know, Saints, you know, offense, but they're just so rock solid across the board. They lost a lot of linebacker, though. They did. They CJ Mosley. Yep. No, that was a big loss. That was a big loss. And do they have anybody to rush the passer? I mean, Suggs is not a huge loss at his age, but they need to be able to get – my guess is someone will emerge because someone seems to yeah. always emerge. Yeah. Who is Judon? Who is that someone? Matthew Judon. Hmm. He's probably yeah. I think he's the outside linebacker, edge rusher who they need to have twelve to fifteen sacks. So is he like their Kerrigan type type player? Yes. Okay. Um, and uh, Jalen Ferguson. That's who they drafted, mm-hmm. and in like the third or fourth round from Louisiana Tech. So you mean they okay. got somebody impactful gotcha. in the third or fourth round? And they round. said, and, and, <laughs> and their defensive coordinator, Martin Dell, said, he's the best pure pass rusher I've ever seen out of college. That's all he can do, though. Mm-hmm. Right? They have a guy, Tim Williams, at Alabama. I used to watch him. He was unblockable. But they'd only play him on pass downs because apparently he just cannot stop the run, nor can he absorb the defense and do all the stuff. Got it. But it's just like a C-ball kill. That's all right. he does is get in right. there and rush the passer. This kid's the same way. Okay. Apparently he's phenomenal, and I assume he will be phenomenal. Yeah, probably. So they have Judon and him on the, on the edges, and they'll be able to get to the quarterback. It's Pernell McPhee still. 
bowl of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Tyus Bowser? Know him? Oh, Never heard of him. him. Hope okay. he comes to the podcast. <laughs> no, never heard of him. Hope he makes the squad, though. Bowser. <laughs> no, so what, what is your prediction for win total for the Ravens? Well, I would like to... I, I, I want to do better than 10 and 6. I mean, last year, Lamar got us in there. Um, what do you think, not what you hope? Okay. I could go week by week, but I won't do that. Uh, I hope to win both games against the Steelers. We all hope that. I, I, I was going to say, here, here. <laughs> um, I think we can beat the Browns at home. That's uh, week four. So I'm going to say 11 and five. Wow, that is strong. I know. That's what I said, too. That's strong. We should hook up after this. <laughs> Careful. Thanks you're, for you're wearing your Raven shirt, you're, honey. You're both married. You know, By the way, she is going to keep quiet. <laughs> so 11 and five, huh? That's strong. Yeah. Well, I, I could see it. Uh, again, I'm not going to bet against it's them because they're just too, they're too consistent and too good. That's, um, what, I, that, that's what I think. I, I just think that the Browns, you never know. You, you, mm-hmm. you just never know because it's hard to play with expectations, and goddamn, they're cocky. I, they're talented, right? But that's the kind of team, and Jeremy, tell me what you think. If shit goes off the rails early, there's, there's so much ego on that team. Yep. No, OBJ. They, and, yeah, oh, and, you know, and punch Mayfield, you know, equipment. If, if and things, Landry. Yeah. Yep. If, they yeah go, no. if they go off the rails early, can they? do they have the leadership to get back on to fight adversity? Right. I pray. They don't live up to their hype. Right. I don't know if they will. The Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger is freaking amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. he is a badass. But I don't think over time, I just don't think they have the defense to do it. And I don't, I don't factor the Bengals into it. So I think 11 wins is possible. Um, but it is going to be a battle. And, uh, you know, I think the Steelers are, you know, I think they're down. I think they're going to have a, a letdown because they've lost so much talent. Mm-hmm. And you can't just you can't lose Le'Veon Bell and, and Brown, Brown yeah. and just say okay business as usual. I just don't think you can do it. But maybe I'll maybe maybe Ben Roethlisberger is that good. Hmm. Uh, this I think this could be the year where the Ravens really do get back on top in that division. I think everything you said about Cleveland, I think that they have enough to get back. But I think what they have enough to get back to is like eight or nine. Not they're not going to get to ten or eleven. Especially, I mean. Unless they, it's flawless for the first six weeks and they go five and one or something like that. But I think what you said is likely. It costs them a game or two. You know, Ravens take the division. I mean, you guys know I love Baker Mayfield. Like, I've loved him. I, I would have drafted him like we were talking about. I would have take him, right? But he has even – his douchery has even grown. <laughs> the doucheness <laughs> is crazy. I mean, he is so freaking arrogant. Like, he has no humility, and it's getting kind of annoying now. Like it was, it was cute in college, right? But now it's like, dude, you haven't even done anything. At least in college, Oklahoma had done something. Like they, right. they, they were really good, and you knew he was cocky. Mm-hmm. But Cleveland hadn't done shit. Yeah. And I just think when you bring in those those egos with the egos that were already there with a fan base who is now too confident, I just think if things go bad early, they're not going to be able to uh, to. They don't have the leadership in place and no, a rookie I, coach. No, I agree with you on that. And, and I, I do stand by my prediction. I think they're going to be dangerous. I think they're going to be right in that eight win range. 
Um, but I think they're so arrogant that they're going to be foolish and they're going to have an opportunity or two down the road, you know, down in that home stretch, and they're going to fuck it up. And they're going to be one of those teams that everybody goes, oh, they're, they're destined for 10 wins and they pencil them in. Next thing you know, they're 8-8. Eight eight. So we all agree. So that's why they're going to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't know about that. But, I mean, it's, you know, the cockiness. And they got four games against two of the better teams in the entire league with Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Absolutely. So that's what's going to make it tough. Yep. They, they open with Pittsburgh, I think. Oh, that's great. If I'm not mistaken, I believe, no, I, heard, no. I, believe I heard that on the radio. No, no, How great no, no. of a first game is that? That's awesome. It's almost as good as Washington-Philly. I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. You're to be throwing up. <laughs> I saw a power ranking, um, and uh, I think it was ESPN or something like that, but out of 31 or two teams, Washington was 29. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Who's worse? <laughs> well, the in Bills? Indianapolis, since Luck retired, they oh, yeah. dropped. Yeah. So that's why I looked at it. That's why they had it, because it showed the drop. Right, right. Right? But then I was like, where, where are the where are, the, are they even on this list? I wonder where the Ravens were on that list. Did you see? They were seventh or eighth or something okay, like that. Okay, so they're, they're penciled right Sounds in there right. as... Philly was six. I noticed that. Yeah. So, I mean, again, the Ravens are most likely, uh, again, all the caveats that go along with the start of every year. Health, you know, is is the main is the main one, the main factor. But you know, the Ravens are probably going to be a playoff team. The question is, is it the division that they're going to win, or are they going to come in as as a wild card? Um, I still think they're going to be a wild card team. I think somehow Tomlin works his magic in Pittsburgh. It pains me to say it. I don't want to see them win the division again. I just have this fucking sinking feeling. Get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's painful. It's painful. Well, I'm looking forward to it, and uh, Ray Lewis is going to be on Dancing with the Stars, so that should be exciting. All right, so who who are the, who's the best looking current Raven? <sighs> oh, that's a good question. Tom Wilson. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what if he did like what if he did like a little promo spot at uh, of at M and T? Yeah, I just saw him working out. Uh, <laughs> I follow him on Instagram. <laughs> So I'm working out without a shirt on and doing something. I don't know. I don't know what he was doing. Does it matter? It doesn't matter. Is he pretty ripped? Kind of. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. And that with all the beer he drinks, that's pretty impressive. (laughs) Amazing. Anyways, thanks, guys. Well, Holly, thank thank you You guys uh, talk about Trent Williams now. Uh, I'm not going to talk about him tonight. I refuse to. There's nothing to update, right? I didn't miss anything. I'm not going to talk about him. not going to do it. Never. We so did. we'll come back and talk about Trent Williams. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> uh, no, but thank you. And that wraps up our first segment for You're the evening. Welcome. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come right back into it. And we have all kinds of good shit to talk about tonight. Yes, Join us do. in part two. And welcome back to Wings, Beers, and Tears. I hope you enjoyed our Ravens talk for all you Ravens fans. We are Redskins-centric, but we are DMV fans, and uh, I, I do think the Ravens are going to be way more entertaining to watch. Um, so please, please follow us on. We are now on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at Wings Beers Tears. That is at Wings Beers Tears. You can link up online to our uh, podcast there. And as always, you can download our podcast on your favorite platform, whether it be Google Play, Spotify, Apple, iTunes. Give us a follow, subscribe, laugh, cry, whatever you'd like to do. We do all of the above. Jeremy, anything to add to I'm our? Let's start laughing at Jerry because he's been looking. <laughs> he's ever operated a TV before. He's trying to find us the O's Nats game. 
Oh, fuck. So, you know, again, the, the football season is upon us. You can smell it in the air. We had gorgeous weather this past weekend in the DMV, which is very odd for this time of the year, and that generally ushers with it football. So we had one quote-unquote meaningful football game Saturday night, which I listened to, and it sounded like a turnover shit fest between Florida and Miami, but at least it was a real college football game with actual talented guys on the field, albeit not the best product. And it, it definitely gets me excited about um, you know college being you know that that first literal kickoff followed by the NFL. So in this time of the year, the other big thing off the field is the fantasy draft season. Yes, yes, yes. And our drafts are next week. Hey, Jeremy, um, where am I picking? Let me I, guess. Seventh. <laughs> well, I'm probably first. You'll be the worst, which will be fourth or fifth, because you know. It's yeah, he's gonna be right in the yeah. middle. Yeah, that's the worst. Or eighteen. I'd rather be eight than like yeah. four, personally. Well, even though nobody believes me, because I I'd even tried to switch it to last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, get the roll around. Yeah, it, it, the order will not be set until a half an hour before the draft. Everybody sees it at the same time. <laughs> yeah. What are the chances? When you say that, I, uh, somehow it doesn't strike me with any air of credibility. <laughs> I, 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 I will not know where I pick first. This I, is Jeremy with his shit. audience. It's 100% random, guys. Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> like when Cleveland won the freaking LeBron sweepstakes. <laughs> Jeremy's well, sitting there pouring himself a cocktail. He's like, I like well, me. <laughs> that, that part is correct. But um, maybe, you know, maybe we'll do 40s again this year. Oh, that'd but, be um, sweet. 40s are our drink of choice usually for the drafts. Oh, they used to be anyway. We're getting old, but yeah. we need to I'm getting old. I don't know if I can finish a 40. A 40. OE. Oh, it used to be. Yeah. yeah. St. Ides, OE. Yeah. yeah. You name it. I used oh. to drink the freaking, um, like, uh, what are they? Malt? Nah, shoot. I can't think of it, but it's like the What'd grenades. Drink, oh, yeah, grenade Mickey's. Oh, yeah. Mickey's. Mickey's. Yeah. I used to drink them all the time. Yeah. Mickey's were what? 32s, right? 30, they made 32s, 40s, and they made those little, I think they were 16s, the grenades. I don't know oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, those are great. Yeah. It was like yeah. the Rolling Rock ponies. Yeah. Like, you know, it was the their pony, little stick. pony of 40, yeah. It was, yeah. That was awesome. That was awesome. Now, but, you know, so with the fantasy football draft coming up, you know everybody gets all excited. You, you you look at everybody else's roster, and obviously we had the big blow this well, past weekend. We always draft late for a reason. Bingo! This is, this is, bingo. Why. This is why. Anybody that bitches in our league can just suck a dick. Uh, don't really care um, because at this point, well said. Thank you. Uh, at this point, the rosters will be set. The two deeps are out there. And White colleges. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still flustered, Jerry. Steve, if you're listening, that was, and, uh, that was for you. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, you know, drafting this late allows you to have the best possible team. So, obviously, the big blow this past weekend, Andrew Luck retiring. Now, in some ways, as far as fantasy goes, it takes him off the board, which is a good thing because he he's always hurt. The offense really isn't that dynamic, and he's the one difference maker. Um, he's so, dynamic when he's healthy. Absolutely. Sure. Oh, absolutely. But he hasn't been healthy in so long. And that team, you know, looks like it's definitely struggling a little bit. Um, so what is it, Jacoby Brissett? Is that the new quarterback? Yep, and now they're, they're lauding him in, in Indianapolis like he is the – we're so lucky to have Jacoby Brissett. This is the one freaking team who's less optimistic now than the Skins. Yeah, no kidding. Well, as you said in the last segment, they just plummeted down. Now. Yeah, they just plummeted no, no, down they, the I rankings. think they went from 30 to 29. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's awful. It's awful. I don't blame Andrew Luck at all. Oh, I don't blame him at all. Um, but I do think that um, he had informed the Colts before this, and I think that they had given him some time to try to convince him to play again. Hmm. So 
the timing of it kind of sucks because it's not like he didn't know he was coming off injuries and you know it, it, no he, everybody knew it but was he even going to be healthy enough to play to start, to start the, the season? season I don't, I don't think, think so think, either I, I think that goes right into Jerry's theory because I feel like they knew he wasn't going to be there the first few weeks so they weren't worried about making any announcement because it made no difference in their plans to start the season but then I think he was like you know what guys this is a, I I can't do this anymore see pro football talk had said has speculated and generally they have become like a you know the national inquirer of now that they're <laughs> taking stands and not reporting any news but um, <laughs> they um, they speculate and and it actually is pretty interesting that they knew Andrew Luck had told them in March or April he wasn't come he was thinking about retiring got it and because if you look look at some of the quotes that came out of Frank Reich now looking back on it earlier on, uh, it sort of indicates that they knew before training camp started that he was leaning towards retirement. And they okay. were trying to give him time to convince him otherwise. Right. But the one thing I will say about it, and anybody can retire when they want to retire, and he's earned it. And I oh, don't absolutely. blame him. I mean, he has, he has serious injuries. and Oh, dude, his laundry was, list of injuries yeah. was just brutal. But you would have liked to do it, if you're going to do it, before the draft so they can address it. Fair enough. You know, and Fair not enough. two weeks before the start of the season when, you know, now there's no, there's nothing they can do. Yeah. This season but is lost. If PFT's right, though, they did know. So, Well, they suspected. Right. But, but they, well, it sounds like they've had a dialogue that this was a possibility. Right. Um, the fact that he, you know, brought the news at this juncture is definitely a surprise for the casual fan. But to Jeremy's point, maybe it really wasn't that a surprise, that big a, a surprise to the brass. No, you know? I, th- I think they, they had an I mean, how could you not? He's gone through some serious injuries, not just like hamstring pulls and all that stuff. I mean, like neck injuries where he's not able to move And very you get much. so mentally beaten down when you're rehabbing. Yeah, I, I just don't think he had it in him. He was like, God damn it, I can't do this again. Well, it's not like he was going to stay healthy now, <laughs> no, right? I mean, no. it was going to be four games, another injury, four right. games, another injury. Sure. You know, it's not like he's going to have three consecutive years of no injuries. So I think from his point of view, what am I doing? Right. You know? And, and Gronk just did the same thing. And the only quibble, if you're a fan, would be the timing, like we've already mentioned. But, I mean, we're going to start seeing this happen more and more. And it's too bad. Gronk said, uh, I heard on the radio, he could barely walk after the Super Bowl. I mean, he almost couldn't walk off the field. Hmm. That's how beat up he was. And these guys, it's, I mean, it's amazing how they can get over it. And even hockey players too get over the the pain that they go through, and then start fresh again. Right, right. But I mean, I told you Trey Johnson was getting interviewed. He said, "The minute you get step into camp, you're not a hundred percent because you're going to break something. Sure, you're going to bang up on something. Even a week of practice. It's funny you mentioned that. I watched that Julian Edelman thing again last night with Frankie, and uh, they have a bunch of different pros on there. And Michael Strahan, that was his point. He goes, "No one ever plays in the NFL at a hundred percent." He goes, "When somebody goes, oh, that guy's a hundred percent," he goes, "Bullshit." He goes, "What is a hundred percent?" He goes, "You are going through the ringer just to make the team." You know, right. whether you're a vet on down to a rookie. And he goes, when you get out of camp and you get through the first couple of weeks of, of full contact games, he goes, you are just, you are damaged goods for the rest right. of the year, you know? And yeah. I don't, I don't really, it didn't really offend me too much when, you know, there's the, all those media reports saying they were booing him off the, off the field. That was like a hundred fans left in the stadium and they're all drunk. It's a preseason game. 
And, you know, I mean, it's, that's not a, I don't think that's indicative of the Colts fan base. It was just the stragglers who were there. Yeah. So, but I think it's a it, bunch of mouth breathers that live out in the Midwest. Fuck them. Yeah. You know, but it, probably the diehards, right? Who stays in the fourth quarter of a freaking preseason game? Somebody Virginia. that got free tickets or yeah. they're a diehard. Or they're earlier from Morgantown saying, <laughs> I'm not leaving. <laughs> Perfect. All right, so let's transition into a little bit of college football. We did our, our Terps preview last week. We, we hinted on, you know, uh, or we, we touched on how excited we are to start the season. So we had the first real game, and you were psyched about it. Fucking dreadful. Okay, so again, I listened to it, and I'd like to hear, I'd li- I'd like to hear some of the differences now between watching it and listening to it. So the announcers on the radio did a fantastic job of hyping up the talent level on the field. And after like three or four series... George looks at me. He's like, "I don't think anyone's done anything." I'm like, "No." All I hear is, "Oh man, that guy's talented." Uh, it's three and out. Oh, there's a fumble. It was unforced. It was, you know. I mean, it was it was like a, a comedy of errors. I mean, how the fuck is Florida a top ten team? Apparently, their D is nasty. Uh, yeah, but that's because Miami sucked. So they have a oh. redshirt freshman quarterback, right? Oh, Tate Martell. Well, Tate Martell didn't even beat that guy out. No, that guy, exactly. That guy, yeah, yeah. How are you feeling, buddy? Yeah, no shit, man. Where are you going to transfer to now? Um, no, I was. I, was, school. I understand it's the first game of the year, right? But these are supposedly elite athletes, you know, four-star, five-star guys who know each other, by the way. A lot of guys on the Florida and Miami are from Florida, so they've played against each other. Without question. Right? Oh, yeah. And they couldn't even function like a JV team could. It was, I mean, it was hard to watch. I heard even the big plays were like broken plays. Like yeah. I, one of the touchdown passes like got tipped at the line and, and it was intended for one guy and somebody else caught it and took it to the house. I mean, so. watching Florida play, they scored on two big plays and the rest of it was like three and outs and turnovers and it's like, Dan Mullen, what are you doing, man? So like, are they you gonna, guys been practicing? So, so they're number eight. They played a Miami team who's super young. And not proven, are they just going to get smoked in the SEC? Well, no, I assume they'll get better. Well, of course they'll get right. better, but they got. It's not like they can play. You know, yes, they'll play Vanderbilt, they'll play Kentucky, they'll play some of these other teams, but they got to play Georgia, they got to play Auburn, they got to play Alabama. Well, yeah, I, mean, I mean, they're going to get fucking smoked. They might, but their defense is probably good enough to keep them in the games. And I assume their offense will become more efficient, right? Um, but so they're one of those probably fringe. They started at eight. That's probably a little overblown, but they're probably one of those 15, 16, 17 teams. Yeah, I was just disappointed overall in the quality of play. Yeah. You know, these yeah. guys practiced all spring. Then they come in and they practice in the summer. They've been working out all summer together. They come in and fall in camp, and, you know, it's not like they changed. They have to learn the offense for the first time. I was just disappointed. I thought the teams would look better. It would be more <laughs> exciting. I mean, it was a compelling end. Right, right. But it took... It was competitive. Yeah. I actually thought there was like a hurricane that came in because the game... Oh, like, there's a bunch of them. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, I... Uh, no, because I went and watched one of the peewee football games up at the high school and came back and it was still on. And I was like, is there a lightning like delay or something? Because... I was it telling was him that it, bad. So it, it, it's a solid four-hour drive from where we were, and we listened to the entire game the duration. Of the, I mean, it was so long and College painful. Football takes it takes so long. goddamn long, especially when there's a bunch of turnovers and a bunch yes. of punts. Yep, yep. Like the way you make games go fast is you just get first downs and you have long drives because mm-hmm. the clock is running exactly, and that's and you need some of those, and that's a little bit exciting. I don't yeah. want to watch no, football I agree. for four hours. I want to watch football for three hours. No, I completely agree. Um, 
But that was – it was better than the kickoff game, again, being – because what were some of the other games? You said, like, Villanova and oh, Colgate. Villanova or some, and Colgate and, like, Samford and somebody. There was Arizona, there. Hawaii, which was entertaining. I passed out before that. But <laughs> I, I was – I fell asleep. Right. I didn't pass out. I just – old man fell asleep. Well, they probably scored more points in the first quarter than the uh, the entire Miami-Florida game. Yeah, so – I mean, it was a shit – bowl of shit players. <laughs> I was waiting for that analysis as part of the Miami, you know, Florida uh, game, but it didn't come. It was terrible, man. No. So, so college football is upon us. You know, our respective teams kick off this weekend, and it's in full swing now. Um, NFL fantasy draft right behind that, and then NFL next week, and we are in like Flynn. We are in, dude. I can't wait. Jeremy, give me your top ten uh, fantasy players. Let me get my pen. Top ten? I can't count that high. <laughs> Uh, Justin Tucker's up there for no, him. Justin Tucker's definitely going to be a second or third round pick. I think I think Jeremy's uh, he's yeah. been keen on the Carolina defense yeah. as far as I I can tell. Yeah, and I I don't know if this is the week to talk about it, but why not? You know, I think the top ten is it's it's going to be a little rough with guys like Zeke and Gordon. You just don't know what's going on. Maybe exactly. we'll know about next week because exactly. I'll know. I'll draft them and they'll sit up the whole <laughs> yeah. freaking year. We'll actually be in probably what the third or fourth round of our draft next week at this exact time. Hmm. So that'll be that'll uh, be riveting because you know Andrea's just oh, quaking over here with yeah, excitement. Obviously, and you know Jerry, please try to log into your account sometime. Yeah, now I know it's a, for the so, fourth consecutive year. I'll be panicked yes. about how I so can't get into I'm my account you now. You know, it's it's I can tell your email address for that account if you need it because I know it's not your work one. So I know it will happen. Just let it happen. <laughs> Don't worry, yeah. it'll auto draft for I'll you. I'll be like yeah. Jerry. You have to draft my guys for me. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I joked with him. Would I be better off just sitting back and letting it auto draft? I would be better off looking, let it, letting them auto draft because I think this myself. Year. I'm like Trey Quinn in the third round. This is a steal. <laughs> didn't <laughs> didn't Jay Gruden say he was just going to have a monster year? Yeah. Didn't you finish second last season, Jerry? I think I finished third. Okay. But I thought I was like, I, you know, internally I was out playing Jeremy. I was on a five game winning streak, and I was like, I think I have a real shot. I'm not going to talk shit to him, but I think I have a real shot. And you always talk shit. Well, no, I mean, but I, right? But then, and I'm watching the games and like my players are popping up and I'm like, wow, he's doing something. I said, I bet you I'm beating Jeremy. I turned the game on. I was losing by a hundred fucking points. I'm telling you. I was like, I have, how the fuck does that happen? I mean, it was like not, and I scored a pretty high, I got boat raced. It was awful. It's like Jeremy got inside info that the craps table was a little skewed and it was always red. And he was like, hmm, here's that, a thousand bucks on red. Here I, I can't figure out how he cheats, but he cheats. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Well, Son of a bitch. You guys just suck. So, so football is definitely king this time of the year. Um, but because for me, when football season starts, it means baseball actually enters like a relevant portion. You know, we talk all summer about what might happen, how the teams are jockeying for position, everything else. <clears throat> the Nats had their very uh, inauspicious start and have since absolutely rocked it out. So for the last, they're losing to the Orioles two nothing. The season is over what, now. Fifty six and twenty four in their last eighty. Fifty six and twenty four in their last eighty. And I think it was four or five nah. weeks ago. I actually listened back and we were like, yeah, if they play like six hundred baseball, they'll be good to go. 56 and 24 in the last 80. Holy shit. They went 8 and 2 last in the last 10 games and lost a half a game to Atlanta. That's how hot Atlanta is. I know. <laughs> I know. Which is why I've been maintaining all Same along stretch. let Atlanta take the division. Let them go. The Nats now have a stronghold on the, the top wild card position, and I think that that's their best bet to advance in the yeah. playoffs. I think that the expectations league wide will be a little bit lower. Shit. 
the Atlanta may catch the Dodgers for the best record overall. I mean, they're only like five games, hmm. five losses behind them. And I mean, the Dodgers had were you know yeah they've been coasting the field. yeah they've been coasting for a while. But with that, be, because they're in the wild card though, the the games are way more meaningful every night. And how often have we seen when a team coasts into the playoffs in any sport? Right. And the expectations are set high. They're they're just not that game ready. The only bad thing is it fucks up your rotation if you have to play the wild card. You have to pitch Serger, assuming he's healthy. Or agreed, Strasburg, agreed. You know. But but hey, Joe Ross, what do you have like a one ERA in his last five yeah, starts? That's I mean, amazing. I, it, you know, regression to the mean. <laughs> yeah, get hot later, kid. Not now. Um, now, so so the Nats are definitely worth keeping an eye and uh, you know a keen eye on right now because I think that they are well poised to make a run. I really do. Well, um, pretty much every commercial in this Nats O's game has been Maryland football. It's yeah. awesome. outstanding. Look at look at all those fans. They superimpose. Because you know, I I've been think. to Bird Stadium. I've never seen fans there. <laughs> I think I think they're all like you know how they're they're in the parking lot enjoying a beverage. No, they just don't exist. And on that commercial, it looked like Bird was full. So I'm thinking it's computer enhanced. The first yeah, we sold it up a few times. Computer enhanced. And everybody was wearing red, which is bullshit because it's when it's – Oh, it's, it's definitely it's when we played Ohio State. Yeah, State yeah, yeah, for sure. Nebraska or, you know, half the teams are red. Well, seriously, we played Ohio State last year, and I, I was not at the game, but Mitch texted me, and he said it's definitely 50-50 right yeah. now. He's like, you know, there, there are 25,000 Ohio State fans so here. So Josh oh, Jackson, red. is that surprising to anybody? No, awesome. no. No. I, no, I think that's I think that's right. I, th- I think his upside is a little bit bigger, but I think that shows that the race was actually close. Shows you that Pigram is actually a legit, you know, college quarterback. And to your point, he runs. I, my guess is Pigram is more dynamic in the true Loxley offense because he can spread it around and he's a dual threat guy. I think Jackson is probably the safer choice. I think he's going to run the base offense really well. Hundred percent, and he's going to execute. Like to perfection, uh, you know. He's I think played he, in big games too. He has, he has. Yeah. And Rox basically came out and said that. I mean, I think if he even had to say, talent wise, I think Piggy wins the job. But you know, Jackson takes care of the ball. Yep. And uh, you know, we know how important that is. Back to my time of possession talk earlier. That's the key. Well, I think they're playing this weekend to set themselves up to play Syracuse. I think they know how important that Syracuse game is. You know, that's a good. That's going to be a good game. That, that's going to be a really good football game. Now I'm 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 excited, I'm nervous. I can't get you can't be intimidated by Syracuse. I don't give a shit how good they are. They're Syracuse. They're orange. Could right? not agree more. They play so, the fucking Carrier Dome. I know. Ugh. So I mean, they used to be good, right? But when they were in the Big East, but for the past decade, they've been nothing. And they had a good year. Mm-hmm. Kudos to them. They have a good coach, obviously. No, they're a legit, but you know, it's top not fifty like, program. It's not but, like Ohio State no, is coming in. Here. No, 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 no. You know, that's a game that Maryland could win and get some confidence going forward. Completely agree. Completely agree. Cheers. So, you know, with with Labor Day comes you know the 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 iteration of the next favorite sport of ours, and that is hockey. And training camp for the Caps starts September twelfth. Um, as we've talked about, many of the lads are already here. They're on the ice. They're doing their, uh, you know, their preseason workouts and stuff. And, you know, uh, as we've talked about, very excited for this year. The roster looks very solid. Uh, but we got a little curveball last week, Jay, as you mentioned. Um, a little, eight, eight ball doesn't work. <laughs> eight ball. <laughs> a, little, uh, a little summer snow, as you, uh, as you alluded to. Um, so where do we go with Mr. Kuznetsov. Well, you know, a lot of questions out there. Uh, I think first and foremost, the the big thing to understand is this is only an IIHF suspension for international play. 
The NHL does not suspend for drugs of abuse, as they've labeled them, only for performance-enhancing drugs, which this, well, some would consider it that, but <laughs> don't consider it that. So for those that don't know, <laughs> Jay, you want to set the scene? It was a hotel room in Las Vegas. It was thought to be a year ago, but apparently it was during the season. And it was a big pile of blow on the table next to our boy. And Allegedly. Uh, well, no, there's no allegedly a pile of blow. The, the pile of blow was there. The question is, did he do anything with it? Right. He says he didn't. We don't know either way. But we do know he tested positive during the World Championship summer. Yep. The summer. Yep. For cocaine, which is never good because it only lasts a few days in your system. So, yeah. Yeah. to me, it means he didn't give a shit. And, you know... I, you know, I'm not judging him. I love the guy, and I, you know, I just hope he's okay. Is all is that's my big thing. I couldn't care less about the guy. I just want to win championships. <laughs> so you want to do more, bro? We got it. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I think that um, I don't know about a, a lot about the CBA or the equivalent of the CBA in the NHL. What they can do and what they can't do in terms of punishment, but it's not a good look. Um, if they can't, I suspect that the league would be coming down hard on the Caps organization to do something because um, it's not a good look for the league. And whether or not it's right or wrong or legally permissible or not permissible, my guess is it's happening, and they're going to say you got to deal with this yeah. or we're going to deal with it somehow. Um, so I'm hoping that uh, that there's – you know, that there's no ramifications in terms of suspensions, but I would be surprised if there wouldn't. Well, here, here's the deal on that. What, what's come out of all this is you hear a lot of different things about the testing procedures and policies and things like that the NHL does. And, what again, what they test for, like, like we mentioned, is, is PEDs. But what also they get reports on are the drugs of abuse are tested for and reported on, but they're not attributed to players. It's just a number they give out. And I want to say, I, I, believe, I don't know if this was from this past season, but definitely in a recent offseason, the numbers came out that 20% plus of, of samples were positive for cocaine. So obviously it's something that happens. Now this one, we know it's attributed because he's admitted it through the IHF, you know, you know, tests and all that stuff. So that's, that's where that stands. Right. I mean, the NHL has a history of drug abuse. I mean, remember they just did a documentary on these enforcers that – did the painkillers and then with alcohol and how many of them ever have died now. So obviously substance abuse is an issue in the NHL. Um, but in this specific specific case, you have a positive test and a fucking picture in a goddamn hotel room with cocaine and him in it. So it's just a bad PR look. Yeah, very bad. Look. And it's it, just bad all around. You, you nailed it. And I think this is the, you know, this is a typical example of the, the age that we live in now, you know, Back in the 80s, there wasn't a, a closed caption TV in every hotel room. There is now. There's, they're in the bathroom. They're fucking everywhere. They are watching you. The man is watching you. And these guys, you know, I don't know whether it's a cultural thing because, again, a lot of these Russian guys, it, they, they live on a different world. They live on a different planet. But they, it, it's almost like they're immune to the fact that they're constantly under the microscope. And, and the optics are really, really poor. It's the Ray Rice scenario. Hearing about spousal abuse is bad, but when you can put an image with the the allegation, it makes it a hundred times worse. That is a hell of an analogy because right? that that does give the shock value. Everybody it, yeah. goes, "Oh wow!" So yeah. when you hear Koozie tested positive, okay, but when you have Koozie tested positive and then you have the picture that was before, and how many times are you going to come out and say, "Sorry, 
bad judgment, guys. I let everybody down, blah, 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 blah. I mean, if I'm the NHL, I'm looking at the Caps like, what are you going to do with this guy? He's out of control. You know? I mean, you got to do something. And I, I suspect that they will do something um, because I'm just – the blowback is going to be bad. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> good. Uh, good pun there. Ah! Um, you just it, got it, folks. I think legally speaking, it's a dicey situation because the CBA doesn't have a clause in there for drugs of abuse. Um, if the players' association really wanted to protect him, there's going to be some pushback from the players' association attorneys if and when they levy a suspension. Is his, if his ass played for Toronto? There wouldn't be a suspension. Probably not. And that's kind of my point. So I'm with you. The optics are poor. Something probably has to be done PR-wise, both for the league and for the team, um, and for the sake of, of making sure he's aware that this is bullshit. You know, you live in an age where everybody's watching you. If you want to do this, you know, do the luck route. Retire. Say, I can't take it anymore mentally. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I want to go do, you know, I want to do some blow on the side. Yeah. See ya. You can't be in our league if you do that. But the Players Association Union is going to come back and go, uh, by the way, yeah, we agree. It doesn't look great. You can't really do anything. But speaking for me, because that's the only person I care about. <laughs> I thought you cared about championships, Jerry. He's one of our best fucking players. And even yep. if he's not suspended, if he's now gun shy, right? If he doesn't want to go out and he's going to be passive and he's not going to play hard and he's going to have all this shit on his mind all the time because he's worried about whatever. <laughs> I am still drink vodka. I am going to be pissed because we need him to score fucking goals and be one of the leaders and best players. And if he's going to take a back seat because he's worried about because he's scared to show his face and he's going to get razzed all the time. First of all, I don't think the players give a shit. If twenty percent of them are doing it, yeah, if twenty percent of them do it, it's not like they're going to be like, "How could you do the?" You know, there will be a handful of guys that speak out because that's what guys. It'll be Sidney Crosby. You know, I'm up on my pedestal, and I can't believe nobody would like to do this. You know, fuck off, jackass. Nah, he probably knows what Malkin <laughs> does behind closed doors. He's probably going to be like, yeah, it didn't look great. It sucks for him. It sucks yeah. for them, whatever. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we don't know, but I, I don't disagree with that point at all. But I'm, <laughs> I am, I'm worried about what the Caps are going to do, but I'm also worried about how Kuzi's going to handle it. No, I couldn't agree with you more, and his performance in the playoffs last year was still a mystery. I mean, he was not the same guy he was for much of the regular season last year, and certainly not the playoff push when we won I the wonder if he before. knew something. Like, I wonder if some – I mean, I know the timeline doesn't match up, but we don't know anything about the picture, right? I mean, right. Where it was shit coming out where, where he was worried about something coming out, right? Right. And, and maybe he went in a shell. I mean, Kuzi strikes me as a guy who is not mentally tough. He's not. Right? He's no, just I not would agree with that. He I is the opposite of Ovechkin. Right. Right? Ovechkin's a bulldog. Mm-hmm. Right? Kuzi's like a prima donna. Yep. And he's got to be coddled. And everything, everything's got to be working 100% for him to be successful. Yep. And if his personal life falls apart, then he falls apart. I'm wondering if something like that happened. And that's been his rap sheet back when McPhee back in the day drafted him. Because nobody wanted to really touch him because they were like, A, you're never going to get him over to the U.S. to play. And B, by the time you do, he's such a diva. He's not worth dealing with. And McPhee mm-hmm. stuck his neck out. I'm just grateful that we got you know, the 18 months of unbelievable play from him and we won a cup as a result. Because this actually does not shock me. His, his culture, where he's from, how he grew up, his, his hockey background, everything that goes along with it, he's not a guy you build your fucking franchise around. Unfortunately, you're right. You know? So I'm fortunate we got his best years, you know? Well, it's, you know, 
on the negative side, you can say that he's a diva, this, that, and the other, and that's, you know, probably true. But I think on the other side, of it, he, he also, he's not worried about accolades. He doesn't care if he gets the 100 points. That's not him. He doesn't care. In some ways, that's a good thing, you know, but other ways, where is the motivation coming from? And yeah. I think that the thing is with him, you know, I, it drives me nuts, all the pundits out there, not all, but the ones that are saying, oh, well, well obviously, he was a cokehead. That's why he played bad. Well, I mean, I'm not a cokehead, but I don't think it makes you play bad. I think it's more. I think whatever's on his mind that was causing him to play bad is probably also causing him to want to, you know, do this stuff. But so. that's not that's not good for going forward. No, so, not at all. I mean, no, not at all. No. It's not like he can fight through shit and just what what happens off the ice is off the ice. When I'm on the ice, I'm 100 percent and I'm a gamer and I'm you know I don't think he's that kind of guy. No, I agree, and that really leads to the million dollar question. I mean, what happens next? Whether or not the Caps or the league levy a suspension upon him or, or give him some sort of discipline, where is, where is his future with the Caps in, in the NHL, which is a highly competitive league? I mean, what's stopping him from saying, screw you guys, I'm going back to the KHL, I'm going to live like a king, and I can do whatever the fuck I want over there? Because he has to live back in Russia? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, the guaranteed NHL money is too is too much, although we say the same thing about it in football at times, and they sit out a whole year, so who knows. But I, I think that, you know, his family's here. My guess is they like it here because he, even he, he's been back. This is one of the things that we you know, sort of talked about. Did the Caps know? Who knew? Well, I think the fact that he's been here most of the summer shows you that he was trying to work through this issue. Hmm. He didn't go home and hide. And he's I, right here. I, that's would, a good point. I would have to think that, it's easier to play in Russia when you haven't been to America, but he's here now. I mean, he's been here a couple of years and how cool this country is and, and all the perks you get with it. Even, you know, that, that would be hard to convince his wife to go back. I would assume I'm speaking just hypothetically, but he has, you know, a good life here. And I would think that the Capitals fans will rally around him, will show him love, and hopefully he can start. You know, just get the. I mean, the the fans in the opposing buildings are going to be all over him. He's oh, got to be. Course. He's got to be ready for that. Sure. Uh, but you know, hopefully it motivates him. Hopefully he doesn't get suspended for a, a significant amount of time. I suspect he will get suspended for a short period. But can he rebound? Take it as motivation. Come out and have a big year. That's what I would like to see him. And do. and and I think you've you've nailed it because that to me that's what it's all about. The, the league and or the Caps are going to protect the league, the franchise, the, the brand, and they're going to do what they have to do. And if it's five games, it's five games. If it's eight games, it's eight games. Who gives a shit? Um, Wilson got suspended for you know five or eight games for you know playing hockey for fuck's sake. You know, so, so yeah, right. So you know, at the end of the day, what does he do himself to to get back on the ice when he gets back on and become that top two center? You know, on our team. You know, a top guy in the league and, and, and putting up 60, 70, 80, 100 points. You know, it, is, is that in his makeup to be able to do that at this point? I if, don't know. If I were the Caps and I, they have smart people there, smarter than me, I would suggest that they suspend him for five or 10 games. It takes it all, it, it, it resolves everything, even if they don't have to, right? Even if they, they, can, they can say, listen, Kuzi's got to get his life in order. We're going to help him get his life in order. We're going to give him a pass for the first 10 games. You know he's going to go do whatever he needs to do to get himself fit, and we'll welcome him back with open arms. That way, the league is pleased. You've done something. You've acknowledged it. 
I, I, I agree with you, yeah. the, but this is where the lawyer in you, what from the CBA side of things, because it's not a suspendable offense. There's no downside. He's got to, he'll agree to it. He's got to agree to it. It's a smart play for him too. Plus, he probably does need to get his shit together. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If, if you sit I'm just, down, I'm, I'm just afraid it goes down some weird meandering road and somebody else gets involved well, and they're like, you, you can't do, do that. nothing. And then the, the league is like, you motherfuckers, I told you I wanted yeah, this done. Yeah. So now Tom Wilson hits somebody. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that would happen. I'm just saying you, you look good in there. You know, you want something done. Yeah. It's, it's illusory. <laughs> it's 10 out of 80 games, right? He can, Go do some charity stuff. He can speak against, you know, mothers against drunk driving, even though that's not the same thing, but it's something to the substance abuse. He can he can take advantage of it. You act like you've done something. It gets him some time to get some goodwill. Everybody's pleased. That's what I think should happen. Yeah, I don't think he will be suspended, but uh, what I could see happening, basically for him, you know, essentially lying – you know, to the league. Call or a leave the, of absence yeah. or something. Well, no, but what I could see, if he does get suspended, it would be by the caps, and maybe it's not even, you know, maybe with pay as opposed to without right. pay. Well, yeah, so, it would have to be with so pay. That, yeah. you, can't, yeah. you can't penalize him that way, but, but you suspend him with pay But I mean, you know, 10 games. I'm not saying it's, it's a, a good thing, you know, in terms of teaching our kids from moral standards, but the NHL has been very progressive by not suspending, you know, for this stuff. They, they want to help you. They don't want to hurt you just because you got caught doing something. Hmm. And I, I applaud that because I think other leagues need to do that going forward. I mean, you know, when the NFL is still suspending people for frigging weed, you know, that's a damn joke. Coke is different. I'm not saying it isn't. But I, I like the league stance, and I think that they're on the right track with this stuff. But it's not just the NHL. What It's probably the government of Washington, D.C. It's politicians. It's everybody. Sponsors. Right. The sponsors looking at Ted Leonsis like, how are you going to let this do? We, mm-hmm. you know, this is not the values we set. And we got, we have constituents, we have customers who are complaining. What sure. are you going to do? Sure. The big picture, it's like the Trent Williams thing. You can't, we trade weren't going to mention him. You, you can't trade bitch. him. <laughs> you can't trade him because you're setting the precedent for sheriff next year saying, I don't want to be here either. So I'm going to hold out. So they'll trade me. Right, you have to suck it up and take. If Trent Williams sits out a year, he sits out a year because you're sitting the big picture of. I'm not going to let my players tell mm-hmm. me. Right, mm-hmm. it's good. No, I no, I do agree in this scenario that the proactive approach from the cap side is is really a no lose for them. Right, you know, if something happens to get to some sort of high end litigation somewhere else, that that probably was going to happen anyway. If he gets his salary. What's he going to do? He's not going to complain. He ain't going to care. <laughs> right. He's not right. Give a shit. No, no, exactly. So, exactly. I mean, yeah, that's what I meant. You can't suspend him and take sure. your salary. Sure. But you call it a leave. Maybe you don't call it a suspension. Maybe you call it a, he's going to take a leave, of a, a personal leave of absence. He's going to pay, get paid. He's going to get his life in order. He's going to come back uh, on this sure. date and he's going to be great. But aside from all of that, I'm with you on the, on the actual on ice product. What is he going to be when this is all said and done? That's because he is, he has proven himself to be mentally very weak and small. What do you, you know? think, Jeremy? Well, he has been. And I just, you know, you, what I'm hoping is, is, again, as a fan of his, that all of the what we're talking about in terms of those weaknesses are what are involved in all of this. So if he can get, get his stuff together, you know, it's, again, it's not just about the Coke. It's about the, you know, it's, it's what, was, what, was, what was the reason for it? The Coke was just a symptom. The bad play was just a symptom. 
what's causing this? You know, you know, if he can get that figured out, I think he's back to where he was before, and everybody's happy. Well, maybe he's got a significant substance abuse problem, and that caused the play to drop. It could be. I mean, at this point, everything's on the table. Yeah. You know, hopefully but, not an eight ball any but longer. It, yeah. <laughs> but if this was if this was Ovechkin or Oshie or Wilson, they would power through it. I just don't think he's going to be able to. Yeah. No, that's my fear too. Um, but such is life, and you know. And, and, and we forget sometimes that these sports guys that we just, you know, we love the championships, we love all the accolades and everything else, but they, you know, they got all the shit behind the scenes like everybody else. Yeah, it's you know? just his demon and, you know, hope he can work through it. Yeah, right on. Do it for me, Koozie. Yeah, come on, Koozie. Even though he said he didn't give a shit about you. So hopefully next week at this time, we will be able to talk shit about our respective fantasy teams. We will know exactly what we've got for a 53-man roster for the Redskins. We'll know where our college football teams stand a little bit. First week really doesn't show you much. Oh, it's going to but... show me plenty of more time. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to come in next week. Jerry's either going to be like, National title, baby. Fuck this. <laughs> or... No, I, I will never say national title. <laughs> Bonfire of West Virginia gear. <laughs> Uh, it, we'll it, it, it is definitely going to be interesting. Signals. The next seven to ten days really do set up the rest of the fall, which I am looking forward to. So until next week, thank you very much for listening, and we will see you guys on the other side. Peace. See you.